Stand up in the fear of God and listen to the Holy Gospel. A chapter from the Holy Gospel comes in John. May his blessing be upon Amen. A psalm of our teacher David, the prophet and king. May his blessing be upon Amen. The Lord has remembered us and blessed us. He has blessed the house of Israel. He has blessed the house of Aaron. He has blessed those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Blessed is He comes in the name of the Lord, O Lord, Savior of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, glory be to forever and ever. Amen. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weird from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thrust again, but whoever drinks of the water that I have, I shall give him, will never thrust, but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thrust nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you whom you now have is not your husband. And that you spoke truly, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeking such a worship to Him, 
God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek or why are you talking to her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the, said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime his disciples are, are, are urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you don't know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages, and gathers fruit for the eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored, others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days, and they and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for you we have heard for ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As you know that we hear this gospel twice in a very short time. We hear it first in the fourth Sunday of the Lent and then in the third Sunday after the resurrection. And definitely the purpose is totally different. We heard it in the Lent to encourage us that Christ is ready to come to every one of us, wherever he is, wherever she is, to call them into repentance. And that's why you'll find all the other readings are totally different. And today we hear it again to say that Christ has accomplished the salvation on the cross. And he was raised from the dead, among the dead, and became the first fruits for us. And it's time to enjoy the living water. But let me share with you one verse we heard today in the Gospel at the very beginning. When the woman told our Lord, or before she is talking to him, but he needed to go through Samaria, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the blot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And let us follow this story, when and how Jacob gave this land to Joseph, and 
what does it mean for us regarding this living water? Is there any connection between what is mentioned in the Old Testament and what is, should be received from us in the New Testament? And the church is teaching us always we have to find the story with capital S, which is the story of salvation, within the story with small s, which is any story in the Bible, in the Old or in the New Testament. If you go to Genesis chapter 33, we'll find first time about this plot, which first bought by Jacob. Said in chapter 33 in Genesis, in the very last two verses, verse 19, for a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent, there he set up an altar and called it El Eloh Israel. So first of all, Jacob bought this land in this chapter. And then the tradition kept for us another fact, that this land was taken by Amorites by force. And the very end of the life of Jacob, in chapter 48, he testified and he told us the story again, and he said to whom he is going to offer this land. He said at the very end of chapter 48, he was talking to his children, and this is what he t said to his son Joseph. And to you, as one who is over your brothers, I give the ridge of land I took from the Amorites with my sword. The tradition told us that the Amorites took the land by force, and then Jacob went by his sword and returned back, restored the land once more. And he offered this land to his son Joseph where we can find the story within the story. The story is telling us that God created man in the beginning and we were his people. By the fall of Adam and Eve, we lost everything. He came and on the cross, he fought for us and he defeated our enemy. And he got us once back and brought us once back for himself. This is exactly what Jacob said on, did on that day. He bought the land, it was his, his, it has been lost, he fought for it, and then he got it back and offered it to his son. And this is exactly what is offered to us this morning. Christ came on the cross to make the living water available for every one of us. We heard today the epistle of St. Paul to the Colossians chapter 3. And we had many Bible studies in this chapter, and we had just discussed it two weeks ago in our workshop in our spiritual day, which says there are signs of those who are risen. One of them, they are going to be filled with the living water. They are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the story in the Old Testament didn't finish at this point. If we go again to the last chapter of the book of Joshua, we'll find something very relative or very relevant to us this morning. Joseph died in the land of Egypt. In the last verse in the book of Genesis, he commanded his children, never leave my body in the land of slavery. Take it with you to the promised land. To the land which I never saw, or I didn't see it, but my father gave it to me. He gave me an additional portion to live in it. And then in the book of Exodus chapter 
13, when they went out, the Bible was very sincere to tell us that the children of Israel took the body of their father Joseph as he commanded them. After 400 years of slavery in Egypt, they insisted to fulfill the command of their father. The very dry bones of Joseph rejected to stay in the land of slavery. And here what the book of Joshua is telling us. In verse 32, last chapter, chapter 24, And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem, in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. It tells us once more, because this land was bought, and he fought for it, it's time to, ac- to never accept to be in anywhere else. Are we fighting for our eternity? Are we fighting for our eternal life that we will never be, will lose our eternal life or our past with the Lord? Because there is a very precious blood has been shed for me to be restored, to return once more to it. The whole talk between the Samaritan woman and the Lord was about receiving something new. Something we lost. Something for this lady and maybe for some of us this morning we never tasted before. A living water. And the story is telling us this living water was a shadow in the Old Testament. Many times. But it's time to see that it is the only need of human being. If you go back even further than that in Genesis chapter 36 we'll find that Isaac, the father of Jacob, did the same thing. His father Abraham bought a land and he made many wells. Again, the water was a need for everyone. It is the living water, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Then the enemies came and put dust in it and they covered the wells and there was no water again. When Isaac came to the same land, he decided, first thing I will do, I will dig once more. We need water. We need the living water. So what is your choice this morning? Are you willing to adore the blood of Christ, which was said to restore, to buy you once more from the land of slavery, to offer you this living water, or are still coming in the same way? Every Sunday or every few Sundays, coming with the same mentality, rejecting to, to, to drink from the living water, I'm just doing a homework. Being there is more than enough. I don't want many phone calls during the week to, to, to ask me why you have, you have been not in the church. But this lady on that day, it ha- she has a transformation. She was able to receive a living water from the hand of the Lord. And as we said, every liturgy, the Lord is stretching out His hand, offering the same offer. In two days, on Tuesday, we'll celebrate the Feast of St. Mark. St. Mark received the living water, was filled with the living water, and came to our land in Egypt to offer this living water to everyone. When you go home today, or when you go to work, or to uni, or to school tomorrow, what are you going to offer to others? If you are not filled with the living water, you cannot offer this living water. That's why the whole world is very anxious, very thirsty, to drink, to taste the living water. You should see it first flowing in our life and then later they will ask we need to drink from this water. That's why at the very end those people of Samaria who came and shared the same 
uh, heard the same message from Christ again. He said, now we believe because we heard. Would you like to be joining them this morning and say, I heard for myself. It's not someone told me that God loves you, but I heard God telling me personally, I love you. And I believed him. And I saw the living water flowing into my heart, into my mind, into my life. That's why those who experience this living water have a, a real conversion, a real transformation of life. Otherwise, they are blaspheming against God day and night by their behavior, by their words, by everything. But those people believed. And what is really amazing is that the whole Samaria believed before the kingdom of Judah. Those who were rejected by the Israelites, those who were seen and called unbelievers, mixed races with the Gentiles, they were accepted before the kingdom of Judah, who kept the word, the law, to the end. But they were very superficial. They were church goers, synagogue goers, but they were not ready to receive the living water. I pray that during this liturgy, the liturgy is a time, it is a laboratory of transformation. To tell him, Lord, I dishonored the blood many years. I dishonored the living water. I didn't drink from it yet. I hear about it and I feel it's a lie. I want you to make it a reality in my own life. Not in the life of many, but mainly for my life. And if you experience this living water before, pray for your brother, maybe who's sitting or beside you, or is not in the church this morning. Tell him, Lord, let your living water a reality in the life of every member and in every person in this world. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.